Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author and colleague, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do live as a broadcast on Facebook and YouTube every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, and then it's available for replay. It's also available shortly thereafter as a podcast on many different podcast outlets, including Apple and Anchor and Spotify. And this is an opportunity to have a conversation with you about the issue of pet loss. And it's a way for us to take the information that we gained from many years, mm -hmm. decades of facilitating pet loss support groups and share it with a larger audience, even then we were able to share through our book, The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. We do like very much for this to be a back and forth, a conversation with you. So please feel free to send us your questions, your stories, your suggestions for topics, for guests. You can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. This info is in the description of the program as well. You can reach Nancy at nsaxtonlopez, that's N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at csmpc.com. We also like you to know that this is a this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society here in Springfield, Massachusetts. Dakin is a 501c3 community supported animal welfare organization, provides a whole range of services, including shelter and medical care and spay neuter services and rehab for more than 20,000 animals and people every year. Since opening in 1969, Dakin has become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in Central Mass and a national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about Dakin and you can make a donation, which would be very nice, at dakinhumane.org. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org. You can also subscribe to our program through a link that's attached in the description. And we are working on the technology that will allow you to make a donation, a one-time donation right. <laughs> to support the work that we're doing. And also, it would be great if you subscribed on YouTube. And today, we are going to essentially continue the conversation that we opened last week about living with and integrating loss into our life experience because we got a couple of notes that were really evocative and poignant in response to the program last week. And we think that this issue, we know that this issue through experience we've had with clients and in the group setting, that this issue of recognizing that we live with loss really for the duration we live with it every day for, for every day for the rest of our lives. And that doesn't mean we're in the throes of despair or great pain or confusion as we usually are in the beginning of our grief. But it it means that we we experience moments of recollection that are filled with all kinds of different feelings, oftentimes filled with with joy and and pleasant memories, but sometimes interwoven with the sort of longing for Sad. and the sadness that we have as part of the experience of loving and losing. Mm -hmm. 
And Nancy, before I go into and read one of the cases, do you want to add anything to that description? Oh, I think that also our lives are inevitably changed with every loss. Yeah. And so, and we learn from every loss. Yep. And and that's a gift from them, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't feel that way, right? Because we don't have them anymore. But they are with us in spirit. But I do think it's important to note that, you know, it it builds us in a different way. And it, and it mm-hmm. gives us a little more character as to how to live with those that have died that we love so much. But they're, they have taught us things and we can move forward with that. Yeah, we move forward holding on. Those those are really wise words. And 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 I also, before I read this note, I just want to stress this idea that we don't get over it. Mm-hmm. We don't simply accept and everything comes back to the way it was before yeah. the loss. We do all of what Nancy was just talking about. We integrate it into our life experience, into our story of our life and all whom we've loved. And we move forward holding on to all that we got from the relationships that were lost. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read this note. And it, we just think it's so descriptive and so poignant. It's from Jesse, And we've, we've corresponded with her a bit. We've talked about her loss before. And she wrote to us and said, Hi, Nancy and Ken. I hope you guys are doing well. I just listened to your March 17th episode, which was last week. It definitely hit home. I woke up this morning very early out of a deep sleep from my own sobbing. I was dreaming of Benny, and Benny is her cat who died on Thanksgiving. And I can't remember the exact dream, but it felt like everything all at once. Happy to see him, but a dreadful reality at the same time. That's not the first time I've woken myself out out of REM sleep from crying over Benny. It's Mm -hmm. an odd feeling, like you have your dream world connect with your waking world somehow. Then on my drive to work, I heard this episode about integrating loss into our life story. Thank you for covering this topic. It's been since Thanksgiving and I'm still thinking of Benny every single day. Mm -hmm. Some days are good and some are not so good. I imagine what he would be doing right now and how he would come in and do what we called a love jump when his little head would bobble and he'd get on his hind legs and do a little squirm of excitement when he was happy. I miss so many things and I'm still devastated. I still cry. Clearly, I still dream of him and have such strong emotions about him during my sleep. And I cry in my dreams. And at the same time, the whole experience of love and loss is showing me how profound and special and fragile and precious Mm -hmm. life is. That's right. Yeah. And not to take anything for granted on the bad days. It's more like bitterness. I can't say I'm not a little bitter simply because I thought I'd already been so grateful for Benny and so grateful and happy for this special gift. Sometimes I'll have a rough wave of sadness about Benny and start to look at photos of him. And when I see him, a huge smile comes across my face and my eyes brighten And I feel happy seeing him and remembering how funny and super cute he was in that moment. And I'm so grateful to have had that moment and so many others in the two and a half years I had him. I do still get bitter about how young he was Mm -hmm. and how other pet owners have gotten to have their pets for a decade or more. I don't know what that is. 
both August and Benny, August was another cat, who were most dear to me, died at such a young age. So for me, the challenge is also trying to not be sore that I didn't have a long-term pet experience yet. And of course, feelings of guilt and what did I do wrong always pop in there. Grief is a whole process. And I cannot say if or when I'll, quote, get over, unquote, Benny. But I do agree it's a process of integrating into our life and our life story. I do so hope so deeply that we get to reunite together at the end of this experience. Thank you again for this episode. Sincerely, Jesse. So look at that range of emotions she yeah. still has. I mean, it goes every from anger and and bitterness to joy to yearning. I mean, it's yeah. all still there, right? And it goes the smiles, yes. the remembering the mm -hmm. really sweet, nice things that endeared this little friend to her heart and that she recalls with her partner. And it's just really, I think it's such a great depiction of the way we hold on to our lost ones yeah. and how there's, like you said, there's this yearning, but there's also the gratitude. That's right. And that, for, oh, yes. And I think that that's really important to remember for everybody that, look, even though Benny only lived two and a half, two, two, over two years, a little over two years, I think you said, is they gave him a, an amazing life mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. those two and a half years. Yeah. And that's so, so if you are wondering, when is this going to be over? What is the, what is the future going to look like? This is a really good picture of it. Mm -hmm. And you see that it comes and goes, the grief comes and goes. And along with the grief come all kinds of joyful images and recollections. And over time, over time, the pain diminishes most of the time, but we still will, will have that pin, that pinch, that pinch of, of sadness, of loss, but it's tempered by the, the gratitude. And I, I always, I always think of the idea that eventually the depth of grief becomes, gets transformed into gratitude for having had the experience of the relationship. With that relationship. And we've yeah. talked about this for a long time over, uh, you know, the, all the groups that we've done and working with people individually is that I, I look at grief as the ocean. And the ebbs and flows, you mm -hmm. know, and how in the beginning you're you're in a in a hurricane. I mean, you, you know, the the waves are crashing and they're crashing all the time, and it's so intense and so difficult, and you feel so helpless and all of those, you know, sadness and anger, and fr frustration, anger, guilt, you know, fear, you know, all those things are happening, um, shock, denial, but then those waves eventually kind of you know, get less intense and then they come in and then they go out. And so, but sometimes there's another storm, right? And they, and all those waves get kind of tumultuous again. So it's a process, you know, it's grief isn't an event, it's a process. Yeah. And, and I think that's a great metaphor. That's a great metaphor, the ocean and the, and the various kinds of weather that affect us and the when and affect the ocean of grief. I also 
just want to emphasize also that this connection that Jesse mentions about the world of dreams and the mm -hmm. world of consciousness and how sometimes she's crying in her dreams and then she wakes up and she's crying while she's alert and awake. And all of that is normal and healthy. Yeah. That's something we always want to stress is that whatever you're experiencing, it's a good thing to just let it happen and to go with it and not to feel like, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. I'm crying in my dream when I remember my lost friend. That's just your experience and it's valid and it's important and you should embrace it. You should just let it be. And well, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, I think a lot of what that is, is during the day you have to function, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to go to work, you have people you have to see, family, mm -hmm. What, uh, getting groceries, whatever that is, there's a preoccupation. So what happens in sleep is that all kind of bubbles up and it can create, you know, a demonstrative grieving process as in crime, yeah. which is yeah. normal. I yep. mean, you know, and so, um, and it's, it's not bad that it's not happening during the day, but you, but we all have to have some kind of, um, you know, uh, not facade, although sometimes it is a facade, to do what we need to do. Yeah, we have to pull ourselves together <laughs> if we're going out into the public world and and do the things that people do every day, even though inside we might be Still experiencing crying. quite sure. a bit of quite a bit of sadness. sadness. Yeah, yeah. So, do you want to move us into yeah, the, next, so, the next? Um, we have letter. another. Um, mm -hmm. Um, email from Julie, and mm -hmm. we've talked about Julie before and Desmond, her cat, Des. Um, in fact, she had multiple losses. Um, and so she wrote to us, and I'm going to show you something in the picture too. She says, hi, it's been over a month since Desmond passed, and I wanted to share something I did in his honor. I had a colorful portrait done, and it was just completed yesterday. I gave the artist several photos of Des for reference. I knew it would be more whimsical going through the process, finding the photos and sharing the info with the artist was therapeutic. I just listened to your latest podcast, Integrating Loss. It was so accurate and true to my experience. I still have moments when I feel the loss of Ed, which I believe was her husband, Penny. Yeah, there were two other cats, but Penny or Des more intensely often on weekends when my guard is down. Okay. Same thing as being in mm -hmm. the day, you know, mm -hmm. and then having the crying at night. Uh, yet I accept and allow those feelings. Excellent. I know the sadness will pass. I also keep the treasured memories of them close to me. I am a different person after these losses and always continuing to learn and carry my loved ones forward with me in my heart, right. which I think is just a lovely piece. It's you know. another really poignant and moving description of how we hang on to and move through, but never leave behind entirely our grief. And I'm going to show you the whimsical picture of Des. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's very, whoa, I got to go this way. It's very cute. Yeah. Very cute. Yeah. <laughs> so, Julie, we really appreciate you sending that. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, and, and, and here again, one of the things that she mentions is that all these losses are tied to one another, that they, they come and go and they are just part of the way that she experiences her life on a day-to-day basis. And it's important to keep in mind that we will tend to have moments of memory all the time about our loved ones. I was out in my garden recently and suddenly realized that I'm working on uh, cleaning up some of the leaves and stuff on Diana's grave. And there's all these, there's what's left of a whole bunch of Coreopsis, which I planted there right after she died. It comes up every year. And I, and so I started talking to her. Yeah, of course. (laughs) High spring, you know. And, and it just, it just reminded me that she was very important to me. I loved her with all my heart. We would go on hikes in the woods together, this little cat following me and running up the trees and then running down the trees. And she's still there. I mean, she's still here with me and she's, there in in spirit and and it, it was you know like a pang of yeah, of sure. loss and then just remembering that what a what a great thing it was to have her in my life and of that's the way it works right that's what we just carry forward we do what we do in our lives and we notice markers and we notice the the feelings that come up and well that you know that reminds me because it's going to be time to take the leaves off the memorial garden in the back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where all of the, all of our little plants, hopefully are going to be little flowers are going to be coming up. And I didn't, I didn't want our little plaques ruined over the winter. So mm-hmm. I took them out, but now we can get the mulch and we can set up everything for my seven little plaques, mm-hmm. you know, um, and have all of those beautiful flowers. And I have a nice little um, bird, um, it's not a bird feeder. It's a, it's a, the water thing. What bird is it? Bird bath. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Bird bath, yeah. Um, and I have a little bird bath. And so I'm looking forward to, to, you know, doing that again. It's like they're going to be a ritual every spring, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. cleaning off Diana's grave, you know? Yeah. And you, and we, we say these things with a smile. It's mm-hmm. because it's, it's important to us. It yeah, means it's something. Important. It's, it's a good memory. It's loss but it's part of our lives and there's no way that we would not have wanted these relationships and they don't disappear ever. They don't no. disappear. You know what? I'm just always thinking. there. They enrich you. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. feel enriched now going, knowing I'm going to go out and clean up my little Memorial garden and have them all there where I can enjoy them all summer when I look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, into the fall. And so because they all meant so much to us, all yep. of these, all of these little beings, you know, all of yep. these beloved companions. Yep. And yep. so, and it's, it's, it's important to any kind of memorial anyone does and how many times you do it, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter as mm-hmm. long as it makes you feel closer to them. Yep. And, and, and we'll do that for years and years for the rest of our lives, I'm sure. And they never, it's never over. It's just part of our lives. Yes. And that's part of the integration, right? You, you are part, part with them and you can celebrate them. Yep. Even though it's sad at times. Yep. 
So we want to move, we want to, we're going to shift just a little bit and we're going to talk about another communication we had. And this is from Melanie and Melanie and her family adopted a puppy in September and the puppy became gravely ill yes. pretty soon after they adopted her and she developed renal failure and they were working very closely with their veterinarian on how much time she had and what, whether or not she would be, whether or not it was time to euthanize her. Right. And I, I wanted to share, we wanted to share this story because it, it kind of ties things together in terms of the way, even in this very sad circumstance, there's a celebration of life. There's a celebration of relationship. There's a celebration of the, the, the things that this little puppy loved. And so I'll read, I'll read the note from Melanie okay. and this is from a couple of days ago. Hi, Ken and Nancy. Hope you're doing well. I've been following along with the podcast and I just wanted to say how much it's helped and other, and others close to me who have also lost their companion animals, process their grief, help me and others. I really like the recent one about anticipatory grief. I'm getting a scam likely call here. We'll describe it. <laughs> I, I really like the recent one about anticipatory grief. It really explained everything my husband and I were going through. We said goodbye to Stella yesterday. Unfortunately, her disease had reached a point where she was deteriorating. So we opted to let her go while we could give her a good send off and minimize her suffering. She spent her last weekend with us on multiple trail walks, her favorite, romping <laughs> around with her sisters. She played one last game of road hockey before she enjoyed a McDonald's oh. breakfast, steak and eggs, and ice cream. <clears throat> her passing was peaceful, peaceful, and she was surrounded by cuddles and peanut, and peanut butter. Such a tragic situation for such a young soul. But my family and I are taking solace in the fact that although her life was short, it was filled with love, adventure, and endless playtime. And we did our absolute best for her. We will miss her forever. Thank you again for your content. I hope you know how much it helps, Melanie. So again, just such a beautiful story about embracing reality Yes. But they're going to lose their puppy. This beautiful puppy. At, but at the same time, having this time where they're just spending such fun and positive time. They're with doing so, great so many nice things for this, for the Stella, right? I mean, I love the peanut butter cuddles and I love yeah. the McDonald's and the puppet. I think a lot of people do the puppuccinos. I mean, <laughs> you see, you, actually, you see this on TikTok a lot these days. By the way, yeah. I get a lot of these. You know, of you know, animals their last day, the dogs, uh, and and they they show you have know, got the steak and the hamburger and the puppuccinos, and they walk on the beach. And I mean, just like what Melanie's saying, right? The trail <laughs> walks. I mean, but that's just the celebration of her life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and they will remember that. They'll remember that as her send off. Yeah. They'll remember that as all that they gave to her. That's that's the best they could possibly do for her. Yeah. And making the decision collaboratively and 
accepting the the impossibility of saving her life, mm-hmm. but giving her a great life through the bit of time that they had with her. And and, and a great send-off. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I love this note because it is both positive and extremely sad at the same time. Yes. That's and right. and it is it is just such a it's such a it's just such a powerful depiction of loss and love and and the beginning of healing as well. That's right. They made that they had to make that decision. They were very, very cautious and thoughtful about mm-hmm. it. Very I deliberate. Think they knew from the beginning when, you know, Stella did uh, get diagnosed that she only had a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that they they just did the best they they could to be the, the greatest pet parents to well all of their dogs. She has sisters, but you know, for Stella, and you know, no matter how sad it was, they have a they had a lot of gratitude for their relationship with her, and mm-hmm. they did such they were such great parents. And, and this whole idea too, well. We, we we opted to let her go while we could give her a good send off and minimize her suffering. So they yeah. they were very careful about mm-hmm. they didn't they knew that she was gonna they knew she wasn't gonna get better. Right. They knew she was declining. They made a decision to let her go before it got so dire that she couldn't really experience all that they just described that they did on the last day. <laughs> and, and so so very thoughtful. So uh, and it's it's really a I think a lesson to all of us about watching those markers of when it's getting close to time and not feeling like we just have to let the disease progress to the point where all the all that our loved one is experiencing is suffering. We don't yeah, want right. that. Exactly. And that's, and, and as we all know, I mean, that's a really hard decision. And that's it's why, you know, the, the working with your veterinarian, going through that, uh, you know, quality of life scale. Sometimes people really need something to look at to kind of gauge because mm-hmm. it's so incredibly hard to let our babies go. Yep. yep. You know, it's just so incredibly hard. Yep. Um, so, Yes. Now, um, I know we, well, we only have a few minutes. We have a guest next week, right? We have a guest next week scheduled. Yes. Yes. And Kelly, and, right? Yeah, I think yeah, it's Kelly. And, and she's going to talk with us about compassion fatigue, which is a subject that we were asked to speak about in an email a while back. And so it's going to be a conversation that's focused on how do you take care of yourself if you are a support person primarily, right. but it's also incredibly relevant to taking care of yourself if you're the person who's recently suffered a loss as well. So it goes back both ways. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and we should comment that because of the, the uncertainty about when I'm going to have this surgery, <laughs> which is still, it's still uncertain that, and the surgeon can only do this on a Thursday, we may insert a recorded session if in fact I'm out of out of commission next Thursday and then we'll come back and have Kelly at another time soon. 
Right. But I wanted to make sure our audience knew that this is an important this is topic. Yeah, and yeah. well, and also, you know, you and I have been in the field for so long and we know how so many therapists and people who help others, any type of person that helps others can really be, you know, involved in developing compassion fatigue. Yeah. Um, and it's similar to burnout, but but it's really what we do. Burnout yeah. is where you work. And compassion fatigue is what we do. Yeah. And so um, I think it's going to be a good discussion. I do too. Whenever, whenever it happens. <laughs> I know, I understand. I'm still going to be your nurse, okay? But yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, great talking with you as always, Nancy. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And it's uh, it, this topic I think that we had today is kind of an ongoing one, and we're happy to hear more from yes. you about it because it's it's really the it's it's the ultimate experience of grief, which yeah. is as as we've as we've talked about it's just integrating it it's it's carrying it with us learning from it and moving forward with our lives in a way that's richer and wiser mm -hmm. yep. didn't you say when we were talking beforehand that there was somebody that you talked to that had you never really get over it but it it's work it it work goes with you what was, what a, was a, that? a colleague wrote to another colleague i thought this was beautiful language that the that we live alongside grief Okay. That that's that's what we do, and and just a ni another nice way of of describing that it 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 doesn't go away. No. And it doesn't destroy us. No. It, but we it just becomes we, part we, of our part of us part of our lives becomes yes. part of us. Yeah. Yep. So we'll look forward to our next conversation. Yes, Nancy. Always a pleasure talking always with you. Take care, everyone. Take care.